Hey, what's going on, Bible scholars? This is Brother Dell of Gospel of Repentance Ministries coming at you with a brand new episode. I want you to remember the theme, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hey, I want to talk about a subject that may be controversial and it probably still will be controversial after I discuss it. And it is the subject of God repenting, or you could say it like this, when God repents. Now, using that that verb in connection with God the Father obviously is very strange, I would have to admit, because we generally think about someone repenting, we're thinking about ourselves, and we know the word repent means to change one's mind. In the Hebrew, where we find the word repent, repenting, and not just with the uh, human people, but with God, is the word uh, Nahum, spelled N-A-H-A-M, and the meaning of it means to comfort. And so, when we talk about God's repentance, and the Bible does say He repent, repents, particularly in the King James or the authorized version of the Bible, it can be uh, somewhat misleading. It could throw us off because when we think of repenting, we think of someone that has committed sin. And of course, we know God is incapable of sinning because he's perfect and holy and pure and righteous in every way. What do we mean? What does the word of God mean when it talks about God having to repent? Well, in order to hopefully get some understanding Regarding the matter, we need to look at some verses of scripture because in the Old Testament, there are plenty of places where it talks about God repenting. And I listed down a few, but of course, I did not list down all. But the ones that I did list down, I believe, will help us understand this whole idea of God repenting. So, Without further ado, I want to start looking at these verses of Scripture. Let's look at, for starters, let's look, let's look at Genesis chapter 6, verse 6. And this is, of course, during the early part of um, humanity. And this is what it says. And I'm going to read uh, Genesis chapter 6 in the... I'm going to read it in the King James Version of the Bible, all right? And this is what it says. It says, I tell you what, let's start at verse 5 to kind of get a flow and get a sense of the context. It says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And in verse 6 it says this, it says, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Alright, that's Genesis chapter 6, verse 6, in the King James Version. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the Amplified Version, and it reads like this. It's probably going to give you, it's going to give us a better or a clearer expression of what is going on. It says, in verse 6, the Lord regretted 
that he had made mankind on the earth, and he was deeply grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy and annihilate mankind whom I have created from the surface of the earth, not only man, but the animals and the crawling things and the birds of the air, because it deeply grieves me to see mankind's sin. I read up to um, verse 7. Uh, let me read the last part of verse 7. And I regret that I have made them. Now, from reading that, it seems like God made a mistake when he created us. And that is not what it means. There is a, um, there's a theological term that we have to, that I have to bring about, have to explain to. It's called uh, anthropopathic. And what that means is that the writer, in this case being Moses, is describing God with human emotion and attributes in that he is feeling what we feel when things go bad, when things are wrong, when things are are evil. God is expressing his regret over mankind's sin and over his rebellion of the way that he's uh, decided to live. Now, the question obviously has to be asked, okay, since God knows all things, he's omniscient, means he has all knowledge, and he knew that man would go this route, why did he create him in the first place? Well, I mean, God created man because that was his intention. God knew in the beginning that man was going to fall, yet still it is proper and understandable why God would feel regret. Knowing that man would fall does not mean that God does not feel sorry for what man has done, even though he knew it ahead of time. And so, like I said, God is is being depicted or being described as a man with human emotion. Like, let's look at it from a um, from a from a parental standpoint. A father and his son. If the father warns his son of uh, something that he may be tempted to do wrong, and he warns him because he loves him, and then the son turns around and disobeys his father anyway, the father knew how he would feel if his son disobeyed him but when the disobedience actually manifests itself that grief is actually it becomes real it becomes it becomes uh, actual and so that is the best way i can describe for you what god the way god feels when we disobey so god the word of god says that he regretted that he made man on the earth even though it was his every intention to make man so if God had to do it all over again, knowing that man would rebel, he would do it again. And so also with the same punishment for disobedience. And as a result of man's continual evil and disobedience of his, of his laws and of his, uh, of his ways, he destroyed man with the waters of a flood, saved Noah and his family. Okay, let's look at another passage of scripture dealing with God's repentance. Let's go to um, Exodus chapter 32, verse 14. And I'll give you the backdrop of, um, of what this is talking about. Exodus chapter 32, verse 14. All right. And so I'm going to read the 14th verse. We're going to read it in the King James. And it says this. I need to, I need to back up once again. 
Let's start with verse 9. Now, what is going on here is that Moses went up to the mountain to be with the Lord to receive the Ten Commandments. Now, while he is gone, the people are people have uh, told Aaron, hey, we need to, um, we don't know where Moses is gone, and so we need to uh, have a God that we can worship. So what happens, he's, Aaron says, give me your gold, and then what he did is out of that gold, he fashioned a golden calf, which was one of the chief, chief gods of the Egyptians. So Moses was barely gone, and they started worshiping idols. And of course, God sees all, so he knows what's going on. And let's start with verse 7. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, Go get thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them, and they have made them a molten calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Verse 9, And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make make of thee a great nation. Verse 11, And Moses besought the Lord his God, and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath, and repent of this evil against thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thy own self, and saidest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Okay, so I'll stop right there. So, from this, from from those passages of scripture, God said he was going to wipe them out. And when Moses interceded on behalf of his people, God decided not to wipe them out. Now, from this passage of scripture it appears that God changed his mind and some would go as far as to say that God did change his mind no God knew what he was going to do all along I mean if anything this was a test to Moses to see if he would intercede on behalf of the people so God could then exercise mercy and not do what he decided to do God knew all along that he was going to spare the people and he knew all along that God that Moses rather was going to intercede and pray on their behalf so God would not destroy the people so this was not a case where God changed his mind or he made a mistake or he just didn't know what to do he was waiting for the intercession of Moses to uh, come about so that he could then exercise his sovereign right to spare the children of Israel even though they had committed adultery by worshiping a false idol they had committed spiritual adultery so so once again when we look at the term repent in in relation to God it's not in the sense that God made a mistake or God uh, created a blunder or that he committed sin God's repentance is not like man's repentance so it's very important for us to understand that distinction all right 
So let's look at another scripture and uh, let's look in the book of uh, 1 Samuel, okay? This is a good one. 1 Samuel chapter 15. And this is God talking to the judge and prophet Samuel. He says, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. So he says right there that he repented. Okay, let's go to verse 29, same chapter of um, 1 Samuel chapter 15. It says this here, And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Talking about the Lord once again, okay? So, so in the first uh, in the first verse in chapter in verse eleven of First Samuel chapter fifteen, once again it says that that God said, "It repented me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments." And it grieved Saul, and he cried unto the Lord all night. Once again, it seems like from the surface or from appearances, reading the text, that God made a mistake. That God, like I decided to make Saul king, I mean Samuel king, but oops, I mean Saul king, let me get it straight, Saul was the king, and once again, God, knowing all things, knew what Saul would do before he chose him, yet he chose him, he chose him anyway, and so the question that we would ask is, why would you choose someone that you would later regret that you chose? Well, it was the will of God to choose Saul as king and I'm going to put my own personal opinion in here my own commentary you can take it for what it's worth I believe when you read earlier in the text the people rejected God as their king and they wanted a king like all the rest of the other nations and that that angered uh, the Lord but and it also angered uh, Samuel so God gave them a king, and I believe God gave them a king just like them, one that was rebellious, one that was stiff-necked, and one that refused to obey the laws of God. So King Saul, in my view, was like Israel looking into a mirror. They were looking at themselves. They were looking at a king that was vacillating, one that did not want to follow God's commandments, one that started out well but ended up being unholy and unrighteous and dying a miserable death on the battlefield with his sons if you read the um, the account in Samuel that is how Saul's um, life ends it ends in death against the Philistines so even though God knew what Saul would do before he did it he chose him so maybe to get a better understanding of this passage of scripture, let's go to let's go to the amplified version of the Bible, and it says this in verse eleven. It says this: I regret that I made Saul king, for he has turned away from following me and has not carried out my commands. Samuel was angry over Saul's failure, and he cried out to the Lord all night. And once again, this is a case where the writer is using the anthropo- 
anthropopathic mode yet again describing God and this is throughout scripture describing God with human emotion and attributes I mean also another word is anthropomorphism and when we use that word we're, we're describing God with with human characteristics like God's arm or the eyes of the Lord or the Lord hears or he doesn't hear well if we being technical God is not God does not have a body like we have a body but in order for us as human beings to try to bridge the the gap between a supernatural being and a human being the best way that we can relate to God is have him be described with human characteristics I hope that makes sense so that's why the writers do that because we're dealing with an infinite being and we're finite so in order to bridge that gap human characteristics are described about him so that we can relate to God infinitude a little bit better alright so once again it's not that God knew did not know what Saul was going to do before he did it he knew it but it is proper and right for God to express grief and sorrow over the decision not that he made because he didn't make a mistake over the decisions that Saul made as king by being disobedient so I mean it's important for I think also it's a teaching tool and mechanism that the word of God shows us that we are supposed to be grieved over sin not not just over our own sin but for the sins of other people that do wrong because it is an abomination and it is despicable for a king to act unrighteously when his kingdom has been established by righteousness you follow what I said I'm going to say it again it is an abomination and it is despicable for a king or for any leader to act unrighteously when his kingdom has been established in righteousness I mean it was a righteous act for God to choose Saul as king but it was unrighteous for Saul to despise his position his kingship which was ordained by God for him to degenerate to the level that he degenerated and that broke God's heart that brings him grief and so God repented or he regretted the decision that he made to make Saul king just like God regretted the decision that he made when he created man because not because him creating man him creating man was good because remember in Genesis chapter 1 verse 31 it says that God looked at everything that he created and it was very good so the creation of man was a good thing where when man degenerated and became evil that is what God regrets not the creation of man but the current evil disposition of man is what God hates and what he regrets and why he destroyed man way back in the days of Noah you follow me so that's why God that's why the Bible says God repented that I made man it it repented me that I made Saul king because Saul now has become evil and wicked 
and that's not the that was not the intent of why God made him king all right let's see if we can go to another one let's go to uh, Jonah chapter 3 Jonah chapter 3 this Jonah of course is the prophet that was reluctant when God initially commanded him to go and preach to Nineveh that great city now Nineveh was in a country called Assyria which is in the area of Mesopotamia so it was to the east of Israel it is to this very day so so in Jonah the third chapter this is what we find out Jonah does eventually go to Nineveh after of course he was swallowed by the great fish or whale whatever it is he repents while he's in the belly of the whale the, the whale belches him, belches him out of his mouth and then he does eventually go and do what God has commanded him to do and Jonah interesting his whole message all that we have recorded of Jonah are these words to Nineveh and this is what he said to them 40 days remain and then Nineveh will be overthrown those were the only words that he spoke so he spoke seven words that we have recorded in scripture those are the only words that we have that he spoke to this um, these people in uh, Nineveh and so what happens this is what happens they repent from the king in other words to the greatest of them to the least of them all of them repent they take off he takes off his royal uh, garments he puts on sackcloth and ashes and they repent in sackcloth and ashes as a matter of fact I'll read it to you it says this here the people of Nineveh believed and trusted in God Jonah chapter 3 verse 5 is where I'm starting and they proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest even to the least of them when word reached the king of Nineveh he rose from his throne listen to this took off his robe covered himself with sackcloth and sat in the dust in repentance verse 7 he issued a proclamation and it said in Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles no man animal herd or flock is to taste anything they are not to eat or drink water both man and animal must be covered with sackcloth and everyone is to call on God earnestly and forcibly that each man each may turn from his wicked way and from the violence that is in his hands verse 9 who knows God may turn in compassion and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish now verse 10 when God saw their deeds that they turned from their wicked way then God relented concerning the disaster which he had declared that he would bring upon them and he did not do it so this is another case where people would say that God changed his mind and the fact of the matter is he did not but God repented of the evil that he was going to do or he he withheld it why because they repented they repented and obviously they repented sincerely genuinely actually and as a result God was then free to exercise his mercy and not destroy that great city now we read in the fourth chapter if you read in the fourth chapter Jonah is angry because of this he's upset because 
the Ninevites were bitter enemies of the Israelites and he wanted them to he wanted them destroyed and that's why he initially did not want to go to Nineveh in the first place he wanted to head west to Tarshish to go as far away from the presence of the Lord that he could and far away from Nineveh as he could he went in the opposite direction and he became angry with God because God had mercy on his enemies and that's why he didn't want to go so God did not change his mind regarding Nineveh. Had they not repented, he would have destroyed them. He would have wiped them out. But because they changed, it permitted God to withhold his judgment and not destroy them. You follow what I'm saying? So God was satisfied or he repented of the evil that he was going to do to them and he didn't do it. So those are instances and those are not the only ones in scripture I didn't read them all there's another case where God talks about he repents in Jeremiah chapter 42 verse 10 uh, Jeremiah chapter 18 verses 8 to 10 and Numbers chapter 23 verse 19 and I didn't cite them all but there are several instances in the Old Testament where it talks about God repented of the evil or he he repented that he made man or he repented that he made uh, Saul the king because God has emotion and God and, and, and the writers are, like I said, once again, they're, they're writing in, in an anthropopathic mode. Once again, God is being described with human emotion and grief and sorrow, just like we would. And that way, we as finite human beings can understand God a little bit better. So hopefully this idea of God repenting makes sense. God does not repent in the sense that man repents. God does not make mistakes. He's not sorrowful. He's not repenting because he he committed sin or he did something wrong. His repentance is based on the actions of us as human beings. If we do evil, then he's sorry about that evil because he knows that he now has to act as a judge and judge us for the sins that we've committed and so he repents in that regard and then when he satisfies his judgment the Bible says he repents in other words he takes comfort in the fact that he has satisfied his wrath and he's executed a um, an appropriate judgment based on the sin that individuals or nations have committed against him in disobedience. This is Brother Dale signing off of Gospel of Repentance Ministries. God bless you for listening. Until next time.